And now, all rise for our national anthem. Gentlemen, well, welcome to episode four of the Playwrights Logbook. My guest this afternoon is none other than Daniel Colwell. Hello. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Dan? I'm pretty good. Daniel is a longtime actor, singer, not much of a dancer. Nah, 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 <laughs> nah, never quite got to the triple threat level. <laughs> with, with CYAC, you've done about a zillion shows. How old were you when you started? Uh, I started doing children's theater when I was eight, uh-huh. and then I came and started doing shows with you when I was 12. Ah, okay. And you are how old now? 22. Oh. I'll be 23 in February. God, we're going on 10 years. Yeah. Man. Gee whiz. Yeah. What was your first show with us? Uh, Moment of Greatest Happiness. Is that right? I was Sitting on the couch with Mandy Harper. Yeah, and you <laughs> uh, emailed my parents just to, you you emailed them just to, like make sure it was okay, like that they knew that like what I was doing and like you know what the content of the show was. That was important. Yeah, you know it was a uh, back then that was ten years ago, but boy things have changed. Mm-hmm. But back then doing a show about lesbians was uh, yeah that was a little sticky, especially yeah, um, yeah. it was good. It was an interesting show. I'm not sure how good it was. I right. don't really remember that much uh, yeah. of it. Um, I remember getting getting several cast members in trouble because they they had to go. I think who was it was I think it was Sam. Sam had to. The, uh-huh. Her parents had had. Um, I think her parents had booked a, a secret surprise trip to Disney World and didn't realize that that was the weekend of the show. Does yeah, I kind of remember that. I'd... But she did it though. She did it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There was there was much weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. But, but we we figured yeah, out yeah. a way around it somehow, I guess. That was tough. That was tough. Um. So, first things I guess is, did you really ride a scooter from from <laughs> Philadelphia to New York City? Uh, I attempted to. Um, when I was in musical theater school in Philly, uh, you know, it was, I had this acting teacher and she was very kind of like hippy dippy, like, you know, grades don't exist. Like we're just, you know, we're just here to experience each other. And, um, she gave us an assignment to do something we've always wanted to do or do something we should have done a long time ago. And I've always wanted to travel a great distance, uh, by a very unconventional means. Um, and so, uh, at the time, uh, Caitlin was at NYU, and so I was going to try and ride from Philadelphia to New York on a kick scooter to see Caitlin. Uh, <laughs> but and and it was so dumb because I I bought a bus ticket like back from New York, you know, so I didn't have to ride the scooter back. I was not even considering, 
Failure. Know, failure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, good idea. I rode for a, probably about six or seven hours and I made it to Mount Laurel, New Jersey, but there's no like pedestrian way to hitchhike from, or no, there's no pedestrian way to travel from Pennsylvania into New Jersey. There's like one, but it's like, it was like very far away from Philly. It was, it was the Philly Bridge, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I had to hitchhike across that, and then but it was the middle of November, um, <laughs> and uh, I made it to Mount Laurel, New Jersey, and and that's when I I made it. I mean, I was at the turn New York Turnpike, and I was like trying to hitch a ride, uh, and nobody was picking me up because it was like two in the morning. Um, so I just I went to this bus stop. I saw I found a Greyhound station, and I sat there, and I was going to wait for a bus in the morning, and. Uh, I like closed my eyes for a second and I opened them and there was like a cab sitting right in front of me. And I asked the guy, I was like, how much did it take me to New York? And he was like $200. And I was like, okay, how much did it take me to Philadelphia? And he was like 30. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so you went back. Yeah. I went back to Philly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, I, I rode about, I think 85 miles Good gosh. on the scooter that night. Good gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great plans. My psychiatrist would call that an in, in, uh, impulse decision, <laughs> an impulse behavior. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. All right, so you've had a varied, a varied arts education. Tell me about the school in, in Philly and how you got there. Um, yeah, so it's the University of the Arts, and um, when I was seventeen, um, I was still really hell bent on getting a degree in theater. Um, and so, uh, the university of the arts has like a summer program for, I think it was like sophomores and above, like in high school. Um, and, uh, so I went to that, uh, just not even really thinking I necessarily wanted to go to the school, but it was like a good summer program. Um, but by that point I had already graduated high school because I'd graduated a year early. Uh, and so at the summer program, uh, at the end, they had all of the seniors do an actual audition for the school. Um, and so when I auditioned, I told them that, like, I, I'd already graduated. Uh, and then that day, the director of the program, her, like, assistant called me. And I was really nervous because it was, I didn't know, like, he was like, hey, uh, Joanna wants to see you in her office. And I yeah. thought I was in trouble. I, I don't know. I thought they'd found my stash or something. And, uh but uh, <laughs> I went up there, and she uh, invited me to come to the school in that, that fall. Um, and, uh, I mean, I was, I was 17, and I, so I was, like, blown away. I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Uh, and so I went in the fall for a semester, but 17 is I – was, I was not – That's tough. Yeah, That's I was, I was not, like, That's mentally true. prepared to – Most 18-year-olds are. Yeah, yeah, alone in a big city. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. And that was, it was when I was in Philly that like my, my mental health started to really decline. Um, and so that's, that's yeah. why I ended up leaving. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, I'd like to say it doesn't happen to a lot of people, yeah. but you know, most of us, when we went even to college at 18, we were not supposed yeah. to, I mean, uh, yeah. our mental abilities. So you yeah. came home for a while and then, and then you went up to New York. Yeah, with that, I was here for a little bit, then I went to Marshall for a little bit, I was up in Huntington for about two years, and then, yeah, I went to New York, and um, when I went to New York, I didn't really have any, like, expectations for myself, I wasn't necessarily going up there to, like, pursue acting necessarily, I was just going to go up there and, like, you know, see if I liked it and settle in, uh, 
and this was when like Austin was there and right. Caitlin and Aaron and um so it was great because so I had so many friends up there. Uh, but then it got to a point where, I mean, I was just working. I was just working all day and going home. And I kind of realized, like, and I, you know, I didn't like it that much just for right. a lot of reasons. Uh, I was sharing one bathroom with six other people, and I couldn't even stand up straight in my bedroom. Um, and then I just kind of, like, thought, like, well, you know, all I'm doing is working and going home and sleeping and then going to work the next day. Like, I could be doing this anywhere and not being not be paying $800 a month for you know a loft with like a five foot clearance right you know right um so you came back came back yeah well then I went to Knoxville yeah then you went to Knoxville and then I came back yeah (laughs) okay yeah well that's that's it's an interesting history it's a varied history um you got a lot more experience than most 22 year olds Mm -hmm. um you have by all accounts, um, and an, an extraordinary amount of talent. Thank you. Are you aware of that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You I, know, I, I mean, you're singing, you're singing Lincoln, you're singing, you're singing the lead for Lincoln at yeah. at 22, and it's not because we're trying to put young people in the role. Right. It's because you're the best. You're the best around Thank here for you. this, and you got you got this this voice to kill for. Um, you want to just stick around here for a while and do shows or you, you have other things that you want to do? I'm, uh, I have a tentative plan right now, um, to spend, uh, April and May, uh, on the West coast. Ah, cool. Um, I've got a bunch of friends that are now out in Oregon, um, and a friend in San Francisco. Um, so, uh, I have like a one-way bus ticket out there that leaves in April, um, but I don't. I mean, I don't plan on being out there forever. But right. I'm gonna just kind of hang out. I don't know. Portland is is pretty yeah. seductive. Yeah, it is. It is. Even, yeah. Even to me, it's yeah. pretty seductive. Most of my most of my friends are in Eugene, ah. Oregon. Uh, but I do have a couple that live in a couple friends that live in Portland. Rowan and Michael Carbone. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Sorry, Rowan, Michael. I for seen. Saying your last name on this podcast. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, bleep, I'll bleep it All out right. the way they, they do that, you know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael, beep. Wow. Aspirations artistically? Uh, I, I, I have been focusing a lot on just like making music. Um, I have a couple friends uh, and we've been playing together. Um, really? Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been working on because uh, one of us is like a very skilled musician he's been playing guitar since he was like an infant um, and then the rest of us are just kind of muddling around but we're uh, working on like old blues songs and, and stuff like that so we're trying to get some songs together so we can maybe start doing a couple gigs that's pretty um, cool excellent yeah. excellent yeah. sounds sounds like a winner yeah. so what do you what do you Let's go back in, in, into your history with with us. Mm-hmm. What do you think the pivotal role, your pivotal role was? Butch. Was one. Butch. 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 Yeah. Um, it was. Wow. I, I would have. Wow. That's not yeah. what I would have expected. That's something else. It was the first time that I really like lost myself, like in a good way, you know, like re- really lost myself in a character 
Um, and like, you know, when we were doing performances, I really just didn't feel there. Um, and it was like spooky because it yeah. is, you know, it's a very like Butch is. It's not like a nice guy. He's not a nice this, guy. This is this is from a service for Jeremy Wong, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, oddly enough, um, Butch Butch is one of the killers. Butch is one of the murderers um, of uh, of Jeremy Wong, and that is part in particular is is it's pretty uh, brutal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You sit up there on your, you know. Yeah, it was, it was also, I remember this, dude. It was the first time, like, I'd made my mom cry. And, like, not, like, <laughs> in so a good way. My boy. Right. But, like, you know, yeah. oh, my God, who is this monster <laughs> that has taken Yeah, because he has no redemption whatsoever. Yeah, but he never, he never really feels any remorse. No. No. How old were you for when you did that one? Oh. 17, 16, 17. When did you play the preacher for uh, for Airwaves? Uh, I was like probably 15. 15. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> some some varied roles. One of the problems, not the problems, but one of the advantages is that with your vocal quality, we could cast you in older roles yeah. and, and did from a, an early age. I yeah. guess that's a good good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. You know, if you had been a boy soprano, I don't think you would have played Butch either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you played Father or whatever his name what was. His oh, name? gosh. Father. It was <laughs> something like Mick something. Yeah. Some kind of some Irish name. Yeah. Yeah. That was a that was an interesting piece. Yeah, it that was. was Patrick, Patrick has always told me that I should write that take the first act of that and, and expand it into uh -huh. a, a second act and yeah. kill, kill the whole parallel thing. Right. A parallel thing for that. Um, and I, I would like to do that. I think, I think that would be really an interesting, mm -hmm. an interesting thing to, to just follow, follow the, the shock, jock hate yeah. stuff that's going on on the radio right now to its, its final end, which was, which was to, to generate a, a, a mad man. Uh, yeah. What's the word? Um, talk, talk. A, a mentally unstable mm -hmm. um, guy into into firing off a nuclear weapon yeah. in, in Omaha, Nebraska, which sounds really far fetched, but sadly isn't. Yeah. Um, right now, it has more pertinence than that before, mm -hmm. which is awful. Mm -hmm. Oh no! Where do you where do you see where do you see us going? I'm, I'm going to delve into the mind of Daniel a little deeper here, but, but where do you, where do you see politics and art going? Are we going to, are we, are we separating or merging here? I think that right now, right now, as we speak, is a very like, I mean, I hit pivotals like a, dumb word but it, it feels very pivotal i think um right now I'm, I'm kind of in this mindset of like nothing is going to be accomplished in probably the next couple years but i think that like assuming we don't uh you know all die in like a nuclear holocaust or right. we all you know or the planet doesn't implode on itself um i have hope uh, as politically speaking, just because I know 
the young people and I know how they feel about things. Um, and like, no offense, Dan, but I'm kind of just waiting for the baby boomers to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, I'm so tired of the Woodstock nation right now. Right. Yeah. Come on guys. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to do this anymore. Um, but I, I think, and I think as always, I mean, throughout all of history, the art is reflecting that, um, it's reflecting kind of the chaos right now. And I think, uh, I, I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing in art that's really good is just a inclusivity, just a, a, a stronger dedication to uh, including all, all different kinds of people. Um, and and you know, really all kinds of people and not yeah. just the artists that you put them on the lineup and it makes everyone feel good because he's, you know, black or gay. I would, or I would like to, I would like to hope that that's the truth. Yeah, I would really like. I to mean, I think so, and I, I also think that I'm an optimist, and I maybe have too much faith in people sometimes, but I, I kind of feel hopeful, just assuming we don't all die in the next four years. <laughs> but I'm an optimist, right? <laughs> I would like, I would, I would like to think that. I would like to, I, I would like to think that when we boomers all die that what what comes out of that is is maybe an illogical progression into uh -huh. something a hell of a lot better than what we have created here because yeah. we fell we uh -huh. fell far short of our ideals yeah uh, and i'm sorry but we really did the, the people who sh who should the people who are creating right now and who had you know, been the leaders of the in the in the creative music and theater and and film um, for the last twenty years sold out. I mean, mm -hmm. absolutely sold out. To, to, and the guys that didn't, I don't know. The guys that even even the guys that you could point to and say, well, you know, he didn't. Well, yeah, he kind of did. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and maybe it, maybe what it was was the temptation for the big bucks was just too too great. We've never had that temptation before. Not, yeah. There was not a generation of of millionaire writers in the fifties or sixties. It, mm -hmm. it all happened after that. Mm -hmm. um, and and maybe that's maybe that's just what it was. That makes sense. Um, now that you saw how bad it can be, you can go back and revise it. Mm -hmm. And I would I would love to see that. Mm -hmm. I would love to see people think again. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, you know, I'm old and I'm, I, I am not an optimist mm -hmm. generally, but that's a good, that's a good thought. Mm -hmm. Um, leading artists today in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, people kept capable of creating that change. The change. Yeah. Lizzo. Okay. Fair enough. Definitely. Um, uh, oh boy. I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't really, I'm not really in touch anymore, I guess, with like modern stuff, like stuff that's going on musically. And okay. my mind's stuck in like the seventies as far as, you know, is there a reason for that? Um, aside from the comfort level, right. Uh, I was going to say, it's just like a comfort thing. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's kind of just, you know, I got like turned on to the dead when I was 12. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's really just kind of been a comfort thing. Like, um, I've just, that's always just been the kind of music that I like. Uh, that has to frustrate you in terms of musical theater. 
is there anything anything that you like to do in terms of musical theater? Is there any favorite musical theater piece? Oh no, I love musical theater. <laughs> I mean, I know I love musical theater. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it's the same thing. Like I don't know, I. I like to perform it and I like yeah. to see it. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love musical theater. Um, I, hair is my favorite. I'm uh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Back to the seventies yeah. again. <laughs> um, Curse you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Superstar. Yeah, Jesus Christ right superstar exactly. There we go. We got to have bell bottom pants. Uh, otherwise it's not true. <laughs> otherwise it's not theater. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my baseline requirement. <laughs> No, but seriously, is is there anything? I mean, what do you mean that I that I? Well, most of the most of the the young people, uh -huh. and you're older than most of the young people. Um, uh -huh. but most of the young people have these, you know, wax enthusiastically over a particular piece of music yeah. or a particular piece of theater, and, yeah. and and you know, I've seen it twenty seven times, and I have the album, right. and I've listened to it. Right. Is there anything that 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 um, I, it's the last show. I mean, I, there was a period of time where I was, uh, it was probably when I was like 15, 16, where I would seek out a lot. Like I would go online and try and find maybe like illegal recordings of like certain Broadway shows. And, um, I was really trying to just like expand what I knew about shows. Um, I mean, like you were saying, yeah, like we have a lot of big productions now where the younger people, they really get attached to it. And there hasn't really been anything like, you know, big that's like come out in the past couple of years that I've really cared about. Um, I still haven't heard any of the music from Hamilton. Like I, um, I guess the last show that I like was really, really like into was like into the woods. I like, I was, there was like a two month span where, uh, the original cast, there was like a, a professional recording on like Netflix of uh, yeah their show, and I watched that like two times a day for like two months. I don't know why. <laughs> you were into in, into Les Mis, as I recall, oh, yeah. back when you were really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, re I really like Les Mis. Um, I still I still really like Les Mis, and and now that I'm older, I kind of understand more. Like I, I kind of get, I know more about like the history of like what was happening. You know, which yeah, in Les Mis. Yeah. Um, so it's it's cooler to me now. Like back then, I just kind of like the music. Nothing else. No, I, I don't yeah. know. Wow. I don't know. It's I don't have anything. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't you know, I was I. Don't tell anybody, but I was never really turned on by musical theater to begin with. You know, we've written all these pieces, but I don't, I don't you know. Uh, yeah. I remember my, my, my father took me in to see uh, uh, Fiorello was the name of the musical about Fiorello LaGuardia. It was, it was quite well received. Stubby K played the, mm -hmm. played the lead. We went in, into New York, but it was no big trip because we were only like 25 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> so I went in. And that was supposed to change my life, but I, God's honest truth, it really didn't uh -huh. change my life. You know, I was, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Do you did high school? You did a bunch of uh, high school stuff. Though, yeah, didn't you? yeah. Well, yeah. I um, when I was at Capitol, um, I really only 
did one just like show that the theater department did, but I was, um, every year they would ask me to be in there, like in like the competition uh-huh. group, like the competition play or whatever. And I, I just like always thought that was so dumb. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun like going to the state like thespian conferences or whatever, but the whole idea of like competitive theater, <laughs> just like, like now it just kind of makes me laugh. Like back then, I guess I don't know. I didn't really think anything about it, but um, but now it just seems really silly to me. It was fun, but competitive theater. But then you then you 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 went and did Drowsy Chaperone. Yeah, I did Drowsy. Yeah, yeah, the rival high school. I got banned. I did the cap the Capitol High School. Like I don't want to say his name, but you know him. The guy over who was over there at Capitol teaching theater. He did, he was not not happy about that. He tried he tried to get me to. He tried to get all of us to sign like a loyalty bond. Oh gosh, because, I remember those songs. Yeah, because I, I was, was a long time ago. I was doing shows with you, and then I think I was like also doing a show at the Alban or something. Yeah. I was doing you a lot of stuff. Wind in, Wind in the Willows or something. Like yeah, that. I did Wind in the Willows yeah. and uh, Your Good Man Charlie Brown yeah. at the Alban. Um, yeah. yeah, he tried to get a, he, our theater high school theater director. He tried to get us all to sign a, like a loyalty contract, saying that we wouldn't do shows with any other group. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that because you have that talent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, uh, it's a small, I'd like to say it's a small talent pool, but it really isn't a small talent pool. We have a huge talent yeah. pool in, in Kanawha County. The problem mm-hmm. is that it's well used. Yeah. You know, every, when, there are times when there are like five major musicals going at the same yeah. time and, you know, mm-hmm. and festival bless their hearts for doing it still yeah. festival makes it really hard on all of us to, mm-hmm. to make any money during those shows yeah i don't know what we're gonna do um, mm-hmm. this year it's not gonna be a musical this year mm-hmm. um, just way too much competition and i don't like musicals yeah <laughs> you know mark and i can do them and we have a good time writing them you know? <laughs> right um yeah. but after that i'm not sure uh-huh. No, I don't know. Uh-huh. We were talking about the blob in the fall. Yeah. To do it in in here in a small in a small venue. Yeah. Because when we first wrote it, we wrote it as a as a black box, without any black box available to do mm-hmm. it. But that's the way we wrote it. So, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? Well, we're going to we're going to listen to a bit of music today, and then we will be back to um. Well, actually, then we're going to be, then we're going to, uh, Ruben, Ruben Shirley will be here to do his, his musical thing, and then we'll go ahead and sign off. So before I do that, I just want to thank you for coming in and sharing your, uh, your brain. What, what is in the future for Daniel? Uh, uh, I hate that question. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's listen to some, let's listen to some music. This is our dear friend. Aaron Martin singing When I Love Again.
Now for our weekly segment, Music with Ruben, who is back from New York. Yes. So how was the trip? It was great. Um, it was, my dad and I took the entire eight-hour drive all the way up there. He, he, he took it like a champ. Excellent. He was, he was struggling at the end, but we got there. <laughs> but it was fine. We listened to uh, a bunch of music, various things, but we also um, mainly listened to a lot of David Byrne in preparation for the show right. that we were seeing. David Byrne's American Utopia. We listened to... We listened to that album, American Utopia, on the way there, and then we listened to our favorite David Byrne album, Uh-Oh, which was his third solo album, um, on the way from New York. Um, and we also listened to, like, you know, Talking Heads, and then the stuff that I like, King Gizzard, Animal Collective, all that stuff. That's he didn't get much, cool. of a say, uh, uh, much of a say, <laughs> is what I'm saying. But we did play some, like, sticks and stuff. Uh, that's, that's his music. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. So how was, how was, how was the show? Uh, I didn't know what to expect, but I'll, I'll, just, I'll just explain it, um, how it started. So 
uh, the the backdrop it was a really nice you know hand drawn backdrop you could tell that that David Byrne actually drew all the pictures on there it was just really cute and then the backdrop the backdrop raised up and and it was it was David sitting at a table with this little model of a brain the human brain in his hand and he has a song called Here um, on his it's at the end of his most recent album American Utopia um, where he kind of the, the lyrics are like, here is a region of blank, here's a region of whatever. And it's him describing the brain. So he, ha he has this brain model, and he's talking to all of us, and it's the coolest thing ever. And you have the band playing in the wings, because um, they didn't use tracks. That was something really cool about the, the show. There were no tracks. There were a bunch of musicians, super talented musicians Excellent. from all over the world, playing various different instruments at the same time. Excellent. It was amazing. Excellent. It was amazing to watch. There was a, there was just a bunch of percussionists with like different drums from different countries because because that's what David Byrne does. He loves the, the Latin inspired music. That's uh. that's what he does. So, um, you had all sorts of drums, all sorts of uh, it, there's a dude on a keyboard, a dude on bass, dude on guitar. David Byrne also played guitar. The rest was all percussionists, and there was like, I would say maybe like seven or eight wow. percussionists on that stage. Wow. It was crazy to watch. It was like a whole drum circle the entire time. <laughs> how long How long a show was it? You know, I'm really not sure. I that think, makes it a good show. Yeah. Right there. It, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we got there around... No, we left at 7. I think the show started at 8. Or it started at 7.30. It's one of the two. Yeah. But we just went right in. I bought all the merch. Bought a hoodie. The <laughs> Bought the, the, uh, the original... Broadway recording on vinyl. Um, got a Absolutely. poster, some guitar picks. Super cool. Uh, great merch booth. I enjoyed that a lot. But then we just walked in, sat down, and the show started like 20 minutes later. Excellent. Yeah. Then we left and went and played pinball for the rest oh. of the night until oh, that, midnight. I saw the post. I saw mm -hmm. your dad's post from, from mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I, I'm envious of the pinball. <laughs> it was all-you-can-play pinball buffet. Oh, it was wonderful. Man. You, you go in, you buy a wristband, and you come back any time until like midnight, uh, and you can just play as much as you want. Yeah, one of my, one of my fondest memories in New Jersey, and I have very few, um, <laughs> was, was Asbury Park had just this enormous warehouse full of pinball machines wow. that just, it was a quarter, quarter play, and, and man, I would go in there and spend <laughs> days, it seemed like, yeah. the best time of my life. Um... What else did you listen to? Jeez. Um, well, my internet was acting up, and huh. it was making me very upset. I couldn't listen to music in the hotel. Wow. I, it, for some reason, the Wi-Fi wouldn't work. But eventually, I got it to work, um, and, you know, just the, just the basic stuff, listen to King Gizzard. Um, <laughs> no and, more. And <laughs> various other King Gizzard-related bands. <laughs> That was, I mean, that's that was basically it for the New York trip. I, I I listened to probably a surplus of Talking Heads and David Byrne in preparation for the show. We listened cool. to the the first Talking Heads album, seventy seven. Wow, um, I love that album. Really, it's so it's just so nice, you know. Okay. It's okay. like that's it's early Talking Heads, yeah. and it's it's the awkward the awkward four people on a stage. I love Which, it. Which there's nothing wrong with. That was, Absolutely not. At least not back then. You know, Absolutely I not. Incredible. I think it's it's one of my favorite albums to listen to. I remember I first listened to that 
in my U.S. history class, and I should have been paying attention <laughs> to what our teacher was saying, but uh, instead I was just listening to that album on repeat. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Not bad. Well, what's your uh, suggestion for this week? Whew. I'm... <laughs> Really not sure, actually. I guess this morning I listened to a uh, a Panda Bear EP hmm. called "A Day with the Homies." I think I'll recommend that okay. um, for today, unless I already did that. No, I don't think I did didn't. that. You didn't. That okay, was, that was in the missing episode. Oh, the missing episode. Right. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, "A Day with the Homies" by Panda Bear. It's just a um, a short, ambient, uh, kind of like I don't know, alternative pop album. It's pretty cool. Excellent. I like it. <laughs> All right. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, Ruben. Yeah. I'll talk to you next week. All right. I'll see you then. Very good. Okay. So that just about wraps it up. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. This Thanks was, for uh, having me. It was a ball. We don't sit down and talk much, and yeah. it's kind of nice to do to do that, even if we have to uh, record it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I look forward to uh, whatever new adventures in the Colwell experience happen, and uh, I hope to be somewhat a part of some of those. We have some more shows. I may just bring bring back uh, Airwaves as you reprise the role Uh, one more time. That was (laughs) so. Take care. All right. Thank you, Dan. The Playwrights Logbook is a production of Contemporary Youth Arts Company here at the scenic Elk City Playhouse in Charleston, West Virginia. Um, Today's episode featured Daniel Caldwell as our guest artist. Um, Our vocalist this week was Aaron Martin. Music is always by Scarpelli and Katie. Thanks for listening.